You're gonna make a lot of money, right? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sun down shining in. Him. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind. On a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. Just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sun down shining in. One more place, Jackson Jacks. I'm Tim Owl. Greg Pappas on the board. We both made it in despite the rain and lightning and thunder, but we, we needed a little rain, eh, Greg? It was pretty dry around here. Yep, and the river needs it too. Um, well, rivers could use rain once in a while, yeah. Yeah. Audrey and I went to, uh, we have Mr. Kevin. Good morning. Oh, he's here. How are you? Uh, Audrey, uh, how can I say this diplomatically? Drag me to some place. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, drag me to some place, uh, I don't know, somewhere near Joliet, Clifton Park, I don't know where the hell the place was, but, uh, we had to cross the, uh, big, huge bridge over the Desplaines and Lockport. Boy, the Desplaines River is like... Damn near dry there. I mean, it's bizarre. I mean, we haven't had hardly any rain, but uh, anyway, a restaurant that was open in 1932, good place. But uh, not so sure I had to drive that far for pork chops, but I guess I did. You know, sometimes it's not your decision, Kevin, as you know. You know, just saying. <laughs> the question is, do you have input? You definitely don't have a vote. No, no, I, I don't really even had any input. Reservations were made. You know, okay. Place is nice. Nice people. So. uh you know, of, of all the people that I would I would trust to get that right, though, uh, Audrey'd be high on the list. Um, when Audrey finishes her her real estate and PTI career, she definitely could write a book about all the restaurants in the Southwest Burbs. She and her gang, between her and uh, the ladies that do the uh, couple of her friends that work for the beverage company, that have to see all the new places and they have to try them all out and all that stuff. I mean, they she definitely could do a. Remember the, remember the great, I still have one in here somewhere. One of the base, best uh, uh, books ever on restaurants. It was the Streets and Sanitation People's Guide to Best Places in Chicago. The best hot dog yeah. joint, the best best pizza place. They, you know, they, were, they were spot on in just about all of them. Best pizza oh, place. Oh, yeah, because they can spend hours at a time. Yeah, the best place they had for pizza was Vito Nick's, which was, you know, I've been in a long time, but yeah, that's about as good as it gets. And, the best hot dog place was the place on Western Avenue where the guy had the shotgun under the, he had the little like trailer out in front of his house in like a really bad neighborhood. He'd North side or south side? Oh, south side, seventy seventh and Western. Uh, Fat Johnny's. He allegedly uh, invented the chili chili dog. Ah, yeah. okay. A pioneer. Yeah. Oh yeah. That sounds that sounds like legend. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, good stuff. And Isn't he, that in Detroit? 
Uh, I, don't I don't know. know. But he, anyway, he, they, they liked it. There was all kinds of places in there. Best, best, you know, chop suey joint. Back when they used to call them chop suey joints in that Chinese restaurants. Now, you know when a place is old, when on the awning it says, like, chop suey. When's the last time either one of you guys had chop suey? I've ordered it. It's it's on the menu at places I've been. I haven't, I haven't been to a place where it's been on the menu. I guess there are, some of the hood they probably still are, but you know the place is old and the awning still says chop suey and chow mein on it. Greg, do you know what the difference it's racist. was? Yeah, you know what the difference was? Um, the sauce? No, yeah, with the chow mein, you, know, you got the crispy noodles, right, Kevin? The noodles, yeah. Oh, the noodles. And instead of the rice. So, anywho, uh, here's an, artic- uh, an example of uh, how to write an article about virtually nothing but get... Here's a like, Evergrande source seventy percent. Evergrande is now the it's the place in China. It's the real estate company that finally, after two years of being in default on their payments, declared bankruptcy, and they they declared the Chapter Fifteen here. What was it, Greg? Uh, where which is what you do when you when the when the main proceeding is in another country. It's cha- it's not Chapter Seven or Eleven. It's Chapter Fifteen. Right. They need so, the extra help. Yeah. They need, they need something. So Evergrande sto- soars 70% leading Chinese property stocks higher after Country gor- Garden, which we've been talking about. God, why does that sound like a you know an old people's home or something? Country Garden avoids default. It sounds a little bit like, well, it, it sounds half like a uh, place where you get chicken, fri- chicken fried steak. Yeah. But the Garden Park makes it sound like a chop suey place. God. Uh, shares of Chinese property developer Evergrande... Uh, Soared as much as 82% on Wednesday, leading gains in the Hang Seng Index. Stack has since paired its gains. It was still above 70% higher. Real estate sector was the top gainer in the HSI. The overall index was still in negative territory, dragged by healthcare and industrial stacks. This is an article written by, uh, if I can pronounce the name, Lim Hui Jie, Lim Hui G, I guess, G. Sure. Um, uh, and the uh, gains come after Country Garden reportedly managed to pay. Twenty-two million in bond coupon payments on Thursday, narrowly avoiding default. That was uh, they were due in August, but they made the uh, hours before the thirty-day grace period expired. Now, you may ask yourself, self, this stock must really be soaring. Where do you think it's trading? About a dollar. Sixty-four cents. Sixty-four cents. Last last week or two weeks ago, we talked about it went from a dollar sixty to like twenty-five cents. Well, now it's up to $0.64. Cents. So is that a pump-and-dump uh, article? Well, I'm not sure. I just It just seems a little more, uh, shall we say, uh, ebullient than you would you would feel if you owned a stock. College word. Yeah, I mean, unless you actually bought the stock at $0.28 cents and are now dumping it as fast as you can, uh, which, you know, I guess you could. But this is on the Hang Seng, and the Hang Seng Index is, I believe, still down on the day, but not very much. Uh, futures are down 875. Nasdaq futures down 35. We had a <clears throat> very peculiar day yesterday, and that oil was up uh, because the Saudis said we're not cutting back on it. They cut back what a million barrels a day a while ago, Greg, and then uh, they were uh, maybe going to make an announcement yesterday that they were not going to be doing that. But then they said they're going to continue to be a million. Now, if, if you believe it's a full million, uh, as Milton Friedman used to say, the hardest thing about a cartel is maintaining discipline. Um, it's sort of the same thing you could do at a family party, maintaining discipline. Uh, and, and the mafia was really good at that for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't even, you know, Greg, you could help us out. How many barrels of data Saudi export these days? I mean, they're, they're, what are they, 8% of the market, 10? I'll find that after yeah, right a, now. We have the um, interesting, uh, 
Kevin, did you hear my story yesterday about the guy who called into the score regarding the NIL? These guys, this is an outrage. They can actually go to places and create their own team. And then, uh, it says 14.5% of the world's oil in 2021. Uh, is it down, you think, now? I bet it's down a little bit. That's, you know, I guess that's a lot. I don't, I don't know if it's if it carries enough. I guess where I'm the getting top to. Top five largest exporters. Let's see. Russia was one for a while. Yeah. Uh, so after Saudi Arabia at 14 and a half, you want to look at Russia 12, Canada 8.5, Iraq is 7.6, and the U.S. 7.11. Yeah, well, I'm just, I guess what I'm trying to get to is that they still have enough market power that if they drop a million barrels a day, what percentage of that is there? About 1%. Of what percent of, of their production that would be? Uh, and do they get... Do they what get the corresponding increase so in price enough to where it's worth it to them? Nine percent or so. It's nine percent of their production. I think so. What what this looks like? They go anywhere from eleven to thirteen. All right. So if they drop a million, it's nine percent. The question is, can they sustain a nine percent increase in world oil prices? Yeah, I don't know about that. Maybe, maybe not. Depending on the day. It, but it, it becomes a math exercise. Yeah, that's yeah. really all it is. Is you just have to do the math, and and. You know, be right about your assumptions, of course. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's always, um, you know, the, the devil's always in the assumptions. Nevertheless, that, that's uh, it really benefits are the Russians because they're selling under under market to everyone. And so, I mean, they get to fund more of their pet projects and their war as the price goes higher. How do you suppose they're getting paid? They're not, uh, did we? I can't remember this one. I should know this. Gold, they're, or they're paying in gold and they're probably getting paid in bitcoin and <laughs> other well and, and and they're they're laundering it through do, the dollar too well i, I guess my question there is there are ways to, to work around that you know what we, we got you busy this morning here gregor you just did we, did we pull them out of the swift network or not or we, we have yeah, we did we did yeah those they're sanctioned big time by, by i thought we went went just as far as yeah, we could un- unless pull. you got an exemption okay so by the way the, the swift network is the international uh, way you send money from place to place. So if you if you pile out of that, you literally can't do business with anybody. That's they've that, been complaining the entire time. Well, yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, Iran is out of the. Uh, well, but but even so, you know, let, let's just say they've totally found a way to navigate around it and all that. You still want yeah, to you just give huge discounts in terms of you, you don't want to you don't want pricing you know, like tip your hand. Yeah, before India, I think it was thirty percent in in oil. Yeah, India is the one is buying a lot, right? Yeah, why not? Yeah, well, there are sometimes are buddy. You know, it's hard to find like a true friend these days. People are like sometimes your buddy, sometimes not your buddy. It's it's like the uh, uh, the thing yesterday. I mean, this 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 China situation. I mean, I know we we talk about it on the show a lot, but it's it's really an amazing uh, whatever you want to call it. Since uh, the imposition of sanctions, India and China have drastically stepped up imports of Russian and used currencies other than the dollar to pay for it as the group as the BRICS seek to challenge the dollar. Um, yeah, it's the the Treasury. <laughs> well, this is the uh, this thing with China is one of the most uh, interesting conundrums, really, in, in in our life, in my lifetime, I would say, uh, because we have this Commerce Secretary Ramundo. He just was over there. She was right. She was over there and says U.S. businesses are desperate for some kind of dialogue with China. We we can't. 
if uh, Hitler would have held off another five years, which I don't know if he could have because he was broke, but if he would have held off another five years, this would be like reading revi- revisionist history, right, Kevin? I mean, what would we have done? Would we have done business with the guy or not? I bet we would have. Some people would have. Well, and, and you got to define what doing business is, too. Um, well, so it, 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 selling them, it, selling them bullets? <laughs> well, sure. yeah, I, I agree. But, yeah, um, you know, everybody... Everybody wants access to that market because it's so big, the consumer market. They want access to it because it's so big. And they've had that access for so long that it's pretty hard to, you know, for any company to be able to look at this and go, well, let me, let's, let's just stop selling in China. That's not going to happen. The problem is that if you want to continue to do business in China um, with relatively little restriction, then you're playing ball with the Chinese Communist Party. And so that's your challenge is how, how do you navigate that scenario? Um, and, you know, we've seen a lot of, not a lot, but we've seen a, a, a fairly steady stream of production moving out of China. Um, and, you know, and, uh, and I, I, think, I think they announced some, uh, I think they're, they're telling people not to use Apple or they're, they're not letting their, uh, their politicians use Apple that that's a, a this week announcement and uh, you know I, I don't think that's because they're afraid of uh, that Apple's not secure there it's partly retaliation for how we treat Huawei and it's partly um, retaliation for uh, Apple starting to move production to other countries so uh, you know I, I don't know where that line gets drawn but I think it's a real challenge for American companies at this point. Now, if there's the part about selling them ammunition and, and weaponry and all that, that should be an easy call. Except, what do you know? It's ammunition and not these days when it's when it's all software and chips. Yeah, I understand, and that and that's again software. You know, I don't know what you give them. We have some. We have definitely have restrictions about what's allowed to be sold out of the country to anyone, frankly. Then, uh, uh, so that you know that is part of the play. Uh, but you know, there's what's legal and there's what's ethical, and I think that's that's a uh, that, that's something that you know companies need to examine, and I don't think they do. I think most companies are pretty. Well, when's, when's the last time, if there ever was a time, not that I would necessarily be on the memo, or you, or, or maybe Greg, I don't know, but when's the last time some company here or some company, God knows where, all of a sudden, you know, a bunch of creatures went into the boardroom and everybody walked out in cuffs because they had some half-ass way of sell, sell, selling something to God knows where, sell, San Salvador to accuse them that immediately relayed it over to China. Yeah. What, uh, kind of get back to the uh, the market stuff here, I looked at this, did you did you listen to that thing we we sent out about NVIDIA? That, uh, no. Some guy was... Or I, or some guy I was, don't recall. Uh, some guy was ranting and raving and he had a bit... Is Nvidia people are are borrowing big chunks of money, and they're buying chips from Nvidia. And one of the guys who's who's masquerading the deal is some guy who was somehow didn't end up in jail in, in the 2007 mortgage crisis because he's put some of those things together and sold against them and stuff and just managed to be out of the, out of the arm of the law. But they claim like a billion or two dollars worth of the backlog of Nvidia. Is Nvidia essentially ponying up money to buy their own chips? Could that possibly be true? To to buy them back? No, to just just buy them to make them essentially creating their own backlog. I 
I wish I had seen what you sent. I'll, I'll, I really I'll try and get it to you, but, but no, sort of, I, I can't. I can't imagine that they're that they're doing something like that because I know there's a huge demand for their jobs. Yeah, I I, I remember when uh, when when Pullman was sold to Wheeler Brader Fry, and we, and I was uh-huh. one of the people putting together the, the the future balance sheet and income statement that was actually published in the Wall Street Journal. God, Russell was all BS. It was all BS. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm sitting there going, don't do not put my name anywhere near that thing. In the middle of the negotiations. Pullman Freight said they were going to make $100 million the next year because their, their backlog was so huge. Their, mm-hmm. backlog, their backlog was 90% ITEL. Remember them? ITEL was, yeah. was a firm that yeah. essentially invented railroad leasing where instead of every railroad buying their own cars, they all piled into a central pool and they were all leased everybody. So that way the cars could shift back and forth and you never really had ownership of a car that you never, you never saw for five years. It was a decent idea. I tell one out of business, Pullman lost 90% of their backlog in the midst of the negotiations, and the people that were buying the place never noticed it. Wow. Yeah. So the, million, the next year, instead of making $100 million, Pullman Freight was closed. Closed. I'm sorry. Is that scary? It's, it's unfortunate that, that the ability to slip that past a lot of people exists. Oh, yeah. Oh, so and I, what, so what, and, and what, what were the repercussions on that one? I don't know. Well, you know what? They did it. They didn't pay that much for the place. You know, this is, this is uh, 1970-something. Uh, yeah. They, but they were able to raid the pension fund, which is another whole discussion. Because in those, in those days, everybody's pension fund, well, first of all, big companies all had their own pension plans, right? They were, they were, yeah, if you had yeah. if you had an overfunded pension fund, that cash was the property of the company, not the property of the employees it was supposed to benefit. So if you bought the company, you could ju- if you bought the company, you could basically reduce the price that you paid for the company of the, by that overfunded pension fund. Well, they if if you if you watch the movie Wall the first Wall Street, and they're talking about breaking up the airline, that that is one of the first things they say with respect to the value of the barrel airline that they're getting ready to break up. Well, the, the that part they they say it in passing. They just say you know the well the hell the overfunded pension funds covering you know a large percent of this and you know that that I always use that as an example when I explain defined benefit versus defined contribution pension funds. Well, most people had yeah. uh, our friend Robin, uh, who's been on the show a few times. She was on the Pullman Pension Board, and they oh. would they would they would pop out a number with the big the big number that you had to come up with was say five percent. Or five point five, that was the number that you thought you could make over the next thirty years. You know, to, to pay for a guy like, you know, Greg Pappas walking in the door at age twenty-five, and the guy's going to retire when he's sixty-five. Make that forty years, and uh, so that was the number. And then you you'd look at the uh, the actuarial ages of your people, so you'd, you'd send that out to an actuary, and they'd say like, here's the number, and basically between that and the how long everybody was going to live after that. They would between those two numbers, they would say you guys got to pony up, you know, ten million a year, or eight million a year, wherever it is. But and if you, mm-hmm. but the interest rates instead of being five were like twelve. So everybody, yeah, everybody, can, yeah, you can make that. You can make that five percent, no problem. Yeah, so everybody was totally overfunded. Genius money manager. But the ERISA laws were, Pullman couldn't take the excess out, nor could they mm-hmm. stop giving their regular contributions. But if you and I bought the place. We could take it out. Change of ownership, yeah. and they got it. They yeah. got it. 
which is so yeah, screwed up. Which that's why United Airlines became UAL Inc. Right. That's why uh, mm-hmm. you know Pullman. They were that was like one of the first ones for that. Anyway, but what I'm where I'm where I'm heading with this in terms of of, uh, of prices is is there a chance that that we could be you know with the seven stocks that are leading the charge could we be 30 40% overvalued and someday we we turn into another 2000 i mean you know could and I, I mean i don't i look at this i'm not asking anybody to short anything or anything because i'm not shorting this mm-hmm. stuff but if if walmart the question i want to ask is because this is the one everybody sees it's trading 160 this morning down 15 16012 down 15 cents if you walked in one day and Walmart was trading 125, mm-hmm. would, would you knock your wife and daughters over on the way to the, the the strong box to buy it at 125? Would it be that spectacular of a buy that you couldn't wait to get downtown and, and you know downtown your broker talking about showing my age? I know. Go yeah. run into my run into my you know yeah. Would it ro- run into my Rosen Company office and buy my yeah. stock real quick? Yeah. Or, or or if Nvidia instead of 483 was 410, would it cause you to have you know? Feel like you just had twelve Viagra's and run out the door and buy it. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I. I, don't, I mean, I no. think. I think if this stuff was all down twenty five percent, I don't want it to be because I've got a lot of people long. But I don't. I'm mm-hmm. not so sure it would be that screaming of a buy there if interest rates are five percent. No, not right now. No, there. There's a huge disconnect, and something is most definitely going to snap. But I also want to. We have ten minutes. Yeah, I, I know I'm, I'm hitting you a bunch of different stuff today, but that's because mm-hmm. that's because I know you can answer all these. We were talking about. I know, and we and we actually do have to talk French Bulldog again in the last two minutes. Okay, go ahead. Uh, all right. When we start talking about an article came out, and all my crazy bear fans, um, of course, I get the the, the text. Uh, we're we're the we we. Then you got a mouse in your pocket. Are the fifth most valuable franchise in football? And I immediately, of course, sit right back like the knucklehead I am. What exactly is your percentage in the Bears? <laughs> Which is zero. And, uh, and uh, now, because the, the because Washington, which is traded for what six point four billion dollars, it kind of gets back to my question earlier regarding interest rates. Those people, whoever are buying it, maybe could have got that money a year or two ago at two percent. But right now, if if you and I, you know, suppose we had uh, one hell of a credit rating. We decided the Bears were worth six point five. Okay, they don't, you know, mm-hmm. they don't have the stadium, whatever. So they're probably not worth as much as Washington because they do own their own stadium, or most of it. I mean, I think I don't. It's public, whatever. Now, it, you and I, I think, as still people that try and you know have a brain in our head, are going to sit there and go, "All right, the best we can do today is I'm going to say seven percent for something like that, maybe." Seven or eight. I mean, we're not going to mm-hmm. get it for two. That's why you want to make sure. No. That, that's why you want the city to, to to go with a you know municipal loan where you're getting it at three. I mean, that's why you do this kind yeah. of stuff. But but just say for yucks and grins, you and I just, we're going to walk into the bank and say we want to buy borrow six billion to buy the bears. Mm-hmm. Now, if the number is let's let's be nice and say seven percent. Right, we're writing a four hundred twenty million dollar check the first day of the year. Right, six mm-hmm. billion times seven percent is, is, you know, if it's if it's uh, seven seven times six forty two, correct? Four hundred twenty million dollar check. I don't mm-hmm. think the Bears even now, you know, I'm going to estimate their best year. They make one hundred and fifty, say two hundred. Let's be real generous. 
I'm going to say 150 million, 175, somewhere would be my estimate. I went through the numbers pretty closely, maybe 10 years ago, and I had it about 75. Mm-hmm. So let's say it's it's doubled that. So it's let's say 150. Let's say 200, just for laughs. How the hell do we justify well, I, that investment? I, 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 well, I'm, I'm, the each NFL team gets a little over 370 million in TV revenue. That matches the each. salary cap. That matches the salary cap. Yeah, yeah. That's so. There, there's, there's this. There's this one consistent. Yeah. And and when you're analyzing a company, when you're, if you're a loan officer and you're giving out a big loan for a company or something like that, uh, you look at, uh, you know, what are, what's the certainty behind the revenues, and and that's one of the things that makes financing a deal like that probably a little bit more attractive than financing a bunch of other other businesses but still uh, you know that that's you know that that's a hefty chunk of chunk of money that you gotta be you know ponying up every year and you gotta assume there's a whole lot of limited partners that have have bought in and you know 49 percent of the purchase price of the team was uh, money from other investors that 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 the primary owner is not financing. But I mean, I'm just saying. So cut so cut, so cut that six point four down to three point two. Well, okay, that, but that the but, primary but somebody, partner is responsible, but it's still a big number. But this is what uh, this is what would would never happen mm-hmm. to somebody my age, because if, if mm-hmm. even if even if if interest rates are, I'm going to use the term normal, not like twelve percent when I grew up. Everything, even if it's even if it's not, a, even if you have the money sitting in your in your in your mattress, your implied cost for leaving it in the mattress is seven percent because you you can mm-hmm. get seven percent for it. What I'm saying is, I don't see how you can have a have a nut that's twice your twice your income. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, it's and whether you manage to talk Greg Pappas into giving you half of it or not, it doesn't change the number, does it? Yeah, and no, bear, it does not. It doesn't change the number. And right now, but, the bears are paying what seven and a half or six and a half for rent, and they're going to go to four twenty. Boy, that's <laughs> <not that. laughs> could you see if, if Virginia's still alive? She won't be alive after she signs that check. <laughs> yeah, she, she'd definitely throw her back out trying to throw that, try to toss that manhole cover. Oh yeah, I mean just but it, but but like Carl was saying, if people can go borrow, then it just becomes. The, the asset prices—it's a, ca- a cash flow thing. Well, the, the the asset prices bear no resemblance to the actual worth. I mean, the, 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 no, the, they don't. The, the, the purchase fact, price. Um, yeah, and, and in fact, the the you know the Bears are supposedly the fifth most valuable team. Uh, they rank twelfth in um, revenue. Yeah. So there, there's a huge disconnect there. And, well, I mean, um, I, and actually, and actually, Washington is was farther behind them. So maybe that's how you come up with a with a number for the Bears. If the Commanders are a little bit behind the Bears, then the Bears are worth a little bit more than the Commanders. But you, can, you also can't have see how simple that was. Well, you can't uh, you can't have the ego, and this is what happens in stocks. Yeah. It's kind of I'm sort of on the same topic, believe it or not. Oh yeah, that if yeah. If, if you drive by with a '62 Starfire, which I love those Oldsmobiles. And I have nothing but dough. And I say, okay, I'm going to pay you 200 grand for your 62 Starfire, and I give you the check or a pile of cash. You you can't necessarily say that every single guy in the country that has a 62 Starfire in good shape is going to find a buffoon like me, and it's really worth 200 grand. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's a big reach. You know, that's why yeah. when when you're even doing real estate, 
if one guy pays up for a house, you better get four or five or six comps before that really becomes the new price, right? It could just be one yeah. idiot. Um, so, anywho, so but yeah, there's a there's a big ego thing in in the yeah you know, in, in those kind of purchases. So the French, you, know, you asked me about the French yeah. dog, and I didn't know the answer. And during the break, I got the answer from my better half. Um, so we're taking on another one. Really? From the French Bulldog Rescue, but we're but we're um, we're gonna it, it's blind and um, it's it's in hospice like the one that we have who is doing so well that at the last we were having to take the dog to the vet every four months. They said we don't have to see her for six months. So Good for you. Apparently, apparently our household is able to cure a dog with one kidney disease. 